Welcome to the CJC Weekly Bible Study, where CJC stands for Complete Jesus Christ. If your perspective of Jesus is based only on teachings from the New Testament, then your understanding is incomplete. Regarding what we often call the Old Testament, Jesus himself said, These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So won't you join us today in our study where we esteem the newer and the older testaments alike. I'm your host, Jeff Smith, and currently we're working our way verse by verse through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. We've been in Genesis chapter 24 for four weeks now. This is our fifth week in Genesis 24. We're going to wrap it up today, though, God willing. Four weeks ago, our title was Seeking a Bride for Isaac. Seeking a Bride for Isaac. And then the week after that was Finding a Bride for Isaac. And then the week after that was Securing a Bride for Isaac. And then the week after that was accompanying a bride for Isaac. And each of those took a portion in that order, Genesis chapter 24. Today we're going through the entirety of Genesis chapter 24 with a somewhat related theme. And I've already seen your eyes. You've already looked at the board. (laughs) And it's not like I'm trying to hide it. But as you can see on the board where I usually write or list the title of the talk today's talk you can see the title is a surefire guide to finding the perfect spouse um i need some help though today i need some help from a a guest speaker that we're going to have the guest speaker that we're going to have he's 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 small but he's wonderful let me introduce you if you haven't met him already mr wonderful so here we have mr wonderful right here and mr wonderful still has a tag on him So I want to read to you what the tag says. It says, Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful has been carefully developed with today's modern woman in mind. He is complete with good looks, sense of style, sensitivity, charm, and is genuinely sincere. The perfect gift for any woman, whether single or married. So this is Mr. Wonderful right here. He's going to help us out. He's going to provide commentary or helpful suggestions along the way to finding the perfect spouse. Mr. Wonderful, if you would, just give us an example of what makes you so wonderful. What is it that you have to say to us that maybe could provide for us a tip on being Mr. Wonderful? You take the remote. As long as I'm with you, I don't care what we watch. (laughs) I guess that's how you talk if you're Mr. Wonderful. How about another example? <laughs> those are two examples of what you might say if you were Mr. Wonderful. I couldn't come up with those on my own, so uh, I'm borrowing Mr. Wonderful today to help me out uh, to figure out what I need to say if I was to be Mr. Wonderful. The problem, obviously, is that Mr. Wonderful doesn't exist. All right, Mr. Wonderful's a toy. All right, Mr. Wonderful's—he's got a button you push, and he he regurgitates these wonderful statements. Maybe for the first six months. <laughs> Maybe for the. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about this is I, I borrowed it and I saw the date on this tag and the per- I'm not going to give up who the person is, uh, th- but the date on this tag is 2003. Somebody's been pushing Mr. Wonderful's button for years. <laughs> I need to hear it again, Mr. Wonderful. Can't your mother stay another week? So there's Mr. Wonderful there. But Mr. Wonderful is a figment of our imagination. He doesn't exist. Any more than that title is, is reality. That title is not a reality. I could never teach that. A surefire guide to finding the perfect spouse? Oh, my goodness. Talk about pressure. I can't teach that, right? There is no surefire guide to finding the perfect spouse. 
the more realistic title would be? Well, let's let's doctor it up a little bit here. First off, we're going to cross off Surefire. All right, so maybe it's a guide. All right, but it's not even a guide. So we're going to put uh, helpful um, suggestions. How about that? Helpful hints, maybe. Helpful suggestions. Finding the perfect spouse. How about helpful suggestions to avoid <laughs> picking the wrong person? How about that? Because it's much easier to try to give you tidbits of information from God's word that might help us to make good decisions, Mm -hmm. but that's still no guarantee that you're going to end up with a perfect person. All right? This is an awkward study to teach because a lot of you, you've got your own experiences, right? You've been through things, and I did not prepare this study with anybody in mind. All right? So if you're thinking, oh, great, he's talking to me today. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not talking to anybody. All right? So this was not prepared for anybody in particular in mind. It's just where we're at in the material. Okay, so I want to I want to free you up a little bit so that you don't feel uncomfortable. You don't feel like, oh, gosh, you know, this was prepared for me and now I have to hear this. And that's not my intention. All right. So I want to come full disclosure, not prepared with anybody in particular in mind. It's where we're at in the material. Let's have a little bit of fun with it while we're at it. All right. You'll also remember that I recommended that as some homework that you go through Genesis chapter 24 and read through Genesis chapter 24 with the mind of, what kind of helpful hints could I pull out of this along this topic, all right, of maybe helping to find the perfect spouse? And if it's not something that you would use for yourself, maybe you, maybe it's something that would be beneficial to somebody that's going to cross your path in the next few days, all right? Here's what I do. I, I actually have a worksheet. Go ahead and uh, help yourself to one of the worksheets. Help yourself to a pen. Pass them around. We're going to be going through this worksheet as we read through the material of Genesis chapter 24 here. And the worksheet is... It's a little long. You see this one, two, three, four pages. All right, four different pages. Oh, favorite worksheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what? What is going on in that Bible study? <laughs> Great on the curve. <laughs> All right. <laughs> First one right here. Let's dive right in. Genesis chapter twenty-four, verses one through four. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to his oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son. And you overachievers are already filling it in. Look at you guys. You guys you're smart. You've been through this before, huh? <laughs> Refuse to be what? Unequally yoked. Exactly right. Refuse to be unequally yoked. The example we have here is Abraham says, there's a group of people that it's not appropriate for my son to marry. All right, so recognize that. There are some people that's not appropriate for you to marry. All right? So in this situation, Abraham is saying, there's another group. I want you to go to another group. All right. To marry the people that are in the land, Abraham saying that would be unequally yoked. All right. So fill in your blank there. The first blank is yoked. Refuse to be unequally yoked. I've got that passage there, that classic passage. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 is kind of a supporting verse there. Second part, verses five and six from the material of Genesis 24. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? (laughs) Verse 6, But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. Beware that you do not take my son back there. What's the point we can draw from this? If we're looking for somebody, maybe we're evaluating, is this person going to be a good fit for me or is this person not going to be a good fit for me? The context here is what? Don't leave the promised land. Don't leave the promised land, okay? You're thinking, what what does that mean? (laughs) I live in America. Is that the promised land? No, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? Here's what it means. Don't be willing to give up the faith 
for the person you think, oh, I want to be with that one. All right? Don't be willing to compromise your promised land, your, your place of faith. All right? Where God says, this is where I'm going to meet with you. You don't give that up. All right? So don't leave the promised land. Deuteronomy 6.14 is our supporting verse there. Deuteronomy 6.14, you shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. Next principle, and you're probably thinking, man, he's going fast. Well, there's 24 of these. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I kind of got to go fast. All right? So the third one here, verse 7 from the material, Genesis 24-7. The Lord God of heaven, this is Abraham still talking. He's still talking to a servant. He's advising and he's, he's helping him to figure out what he needs to do, giving him his priorities. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your descendants I give this land, he will send his angel before you. And you shall take a wife for my son from there. So number three, trust that God will what? Provide, Provide or lead. You can fill it with either one. Provide or lead. All right? And that's what Abraham's doing here. He's telling his servant, I've come to the place where I can trust God. And I trust that God is going to provide. I trust that God is going to lead. All right? So trust that God will lead you. That God will provide. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that classic passage is the passage that I have here. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and need not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. This might be difficult, though. I get this. If, if you haven't trusted God before, this is going to be hard. It's going to be the, hard to do this for the first time. But one of the things about trusting God is it gets easier the more you do it. All right? So it's like anything else. As you become practiced in it, it becomes second nature. It gets to be easier. So if you're like in this big situation where you're like, okay, God, I need to find a man. I need to find a woman. All right? And it's about trusting God, and you're like, I've never done that before. It's going to be really difficult. So my suggestion now, get started in trusting God in other stuff. <laughs> and then you can get to the point where trusting God gets easier for you. All right? Trust that God will lead you. Number four, verse eight. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. Verse eight. So here I have verse eight. God's appointed person or no blank at all. God's appointed person or no marriage at all. Abraham's telling the servant, go back there, and if she won't come with you, then you're released. There isn't a plan B here. <laughs> okay? He doesn't say, go back there, see what you can do. If it doesn't work out, all right, I'll, I'll let my son marry one of these Canaanite women. No. It's, it's better to not marry than to marry the wrong person. All right? I do want you to do this one thing, though. Right after the word appointed there, God's appointed person or no marriage at all, I want you to put a little, what are those little things called? Where you, It looks like the little pyramid thing under the words that you're going to fit something else in there. You know what I'm talking about? Is it a carrot? Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> My court reporters are helping me out. All right, thank you. So God's appointed. Here's what I want you to do. Draw that little symbol, right? And I want you to put type of. God's appointed type of person, Okay. Because I do believe that God could have a particular person in mind, but I believe a lot of people spend their lives looking for that exact person and they end up with nobody, all right? When you could end up happy with a type of person that meets God's qualifications, all right? That if you're a woman looking for a man and you find a godly man, all right? Godly man A, you might be real happy with, and godly man B, you might be really happy with. But don't agonize over it so much that you go, I don't know if he's perfect, therefore I'm not going to get married, all right? That kind of thing. So I'm going to put type of person in there, recognizing that hindsight is 2020, And if you find that person, you get married, and you look back and you go, that was exactly the person God chose for me. But going into it, you might not know that. 
You might be like, oh, they're not perfect. You know what? They're not perfect. They're, you're not going to find a perfect person. All right? Because if you do, you're going to mess them up. All right? Because we're not perfect. All right? So quit looking for the perfect person. All right. Next one. Number five. Number five, it's verses 9, 10, and 11. Verses 9, 10, 11. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. I could include right there, be prepared to spend lots of money, but I don't have that one. <laughs> all right, it's a different one. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. So I have here, get out there and start and you can fill it in with a couple different words that synonyms, but uh, I've got seeking. Get out there and start seeking. All right, the servant had to actually get on the camel and had to actually go. All right, sometimes we think, oh, I'm just going to wait until God provides. All right, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to I'm going to wait until that man or that woman comes and knocks on my door. All right, unless you're going to date the mailman, that's probably not going to happen. All right, so get out there and start seeking. Now I will say this though, get out there and start seeking in the right places. He went to the right place. All right. At this time of day, he went to the well, all right? That was like the meeting place. He went to the well, and that's where most of the young women would come out, and they were coming to get water, usually not married, all right? Got a good propensity of catching somebody, all right? I used to work across the street, and when I first got a job over there, I had one of the gals that was above me actually confide in me one day. She says, you're such a good guy. You're such a good man. And I'm like, where is this going? You know? <laughs> and she goes, how can I find somebody like you? And I knew enough about her that I knew what her weekends looked like, right? She was at the bar every weekend, all right? And I told her, figure out what the guy that you're looking for, what, where he's going to be on the weekend and go there. Because if he's not in the bar, then going to the bar is not going to help, all right? So figure out where the guy you want or the gal you want, what that person looks like, what they do on their weekends, and then go there, all right? But hanging out in the bar, what's that going to get you? It's going to get you somebody that wants to go to the bar after you're married. Right. All right? So be careful where you're looking, but uh, get out there and start seeking. All right? I have there Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. All right? Next one, verses 12 through 14. 12 through 14. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Who is he talking to? The servant's talking to who? Who is he talking God. to? He's talking to God, right? What do we call that? Praying. We call that prayer, right? So he's praying. We call that prayer. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher, that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So what's going on here? He's praying for what? He's praying for guidance. That's one of the blanks. And discernment. He's praying for guidance and discernment. Because if you're not asking God for guidance and discernment, how are you going to know when he's led you there? Right? So we should be asking God for guidance. We should be asking God for discernment. Philippians 4, 6 is our supporting verse there. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Pray for guidance and discernment. Next one here, chapter 24, verses 15 through 20. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, came up. 
And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little of the water of your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she hastened and let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she hastened and emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. Verses 15 through 20 there. What do we have? Well, it's a long way of saying basically initiate contact. All right. Say something to the woman. All right. Or for the women, say something to the man maybe. All right. In this situation, go say something. Go ahead and open up your mouth and, and talk to the person. And uh, I like here how it's over something to drink, all right? I, I'm not advocating going to the bar. Like I said, you already heard my, my <laughs> position on that. But maybe invite them out to coffee. Or maybe invite them out to get a uh, smoothie, a fruit smoothie, all right? Or maybe uh, a milkshake, all right? Or a soda or a root beer float or a tea. I mean, you can do it over something to drink. And I like how we have a precedent for that here. In Genesis 24, thousands of years ago, the initiation of the contact there over something to drink, all right? I guess you could say that out of verse 16, I could include an additional point here that she's got to be beautiful and a virgin, all right? Because uh, it talks about being beautiful and being a virgin. But then the women would object and say, well, then he's got to be rich. All right? So I don't need to put that there. All right? So that wasn't one of his requirements anyway. Uh, that was just uh, the way it turned out. All right? So initiate contact I've got. You can see there Ruth chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet, and he said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Woo! What a forward woman. Woo! Middle of the night, he's sleeping. She's all snuggling up to him. He's like, Whoa, what's going on? All right. All right, next one. Number eight, this is going to be verse 21. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. This is the servant now. And he's watching all this happen. He's watching this gal. He's watching this Rebecca, all right? And he's wondering. He's, what does it say there? And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So here I've got exercise discernment. Exercise discernment. We prayed for discernment. Now we've got to exercise discernment, right? You can't just pray for discernment. God, you know, help me to be wise and please bless me with discernment. And not, not actually put it to use. And this is something, notice, he's, it's between him and God. All right? It's just between him and God. He's meditating. He's thinking, God, is this the one that you've got for me? All right? Is this the right person? So it's between him and God as to whether this could be the one. Philippians 1.9 is our supporting verse there. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. I'm sorry. We haven't heard from Mr. Wonderful in a while. Mr. Wonderful, any more suggestions? Let's see. The ball game really isn't that important. I'd rather spend time with you. Oh, dear. All right. <laughs> the ball game really isn't that important. I'd rather spend time with, with you. <laughs> number nine. Number nine is going to be chapter 24, verse 22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for a wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold. You remember we talked about these are extravagant. What are we filling in? What's our blank? Give what? Give gifts. <laughs> what was that? Oh, give generously. Well, that would be good, too. Yeah. Huh? Either way, it's, it's yeah, it does need to be generous. But this is not the step where you give the ring yet. All right? Just so you know. All right? That's coming up in step 15. But at this point, uh, at least we get an idea from the Bible. Jewelry is a good place to start. <laughs> For guys, jewelry is a good place to start. We have the precedent right here. Genesis chapter 24, verse 22. Just not the nose ring. Just not the nose ring. <laughs> a little hint from the women gallery here. Yeah, preferably not a nose ring. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got here a sporting verse, Matthew 12, 35. First part of that verse says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. Next one, number 10. This is going to be verses 23, 24, and 25. It says this, And said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. What have we got here? He's asking about her family. He's asking about her family. Let me tell you a little hint, all right? This person that you're maybe evaluating for a spouse, is this the right person? All right? Her, her family, his family is probably important to them, all right? His family is probably important to him. Her family is probably important to her. If it's important to him or important to her, then make it important to you, all right? Ask about them. Find out about them, all right? So ask about their family. 2 Timothy 1.5 when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Next one, verses 26 and 27. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Verses 26 and 27, I've got here a blank together, praise together. He's praising God right here, right? But he's not doing it alone. He's doing it in her presence. So another way you might want to say it is, let her hear you praise God. All right? Men, if you want to be an example, let her hear you praise God. There's an example. All right? Women, same thing. It's nice to hear each other praise the Lord. Let them praise the Lord, or let him or her hear you praise God, or praise together is the, is the blank I have here. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Next one, verses 28 through 32. So the young woman ran and told those of her mother's house these things. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets of his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. And then verse 32, Then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels, and provided straw and feed for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. So verses 28 and 32 summarized in this, meet the family. <laughs> meet the family. Um, let me give you a little hint. If you're thinking, oh, th this might be the person for me, all right? Well, that's how you see him now, all right? If you're a woman thinking, this might be the man for me, or if you're the man, this might be the woman for me, go meet the family because you're going to see what they're going to become. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. So you want to see what the woman's going to be like in 20 years? Then go meet mom. All right. <laughs> you want to know what he's going to be like in 20 years? Go meet his dad. All right. Go see what they're like. All right. <laughs> just, a, just a hint. I'm just saying. Don't leave that step out. <laughs> Family. I've got Exodus chapter 2, verses 20 and 21 here. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zippor his daughter to Moses. All right, next one, verses 33 through 48. There's a lot of material here. Basically, it's the servant recounting to the family all that God had done in leading him to Rebekah. So I'm going to summarize the whole thing by just saying this. Share your testimony. 
Share your testimony about the great things that God has done. That's what the servant's doing here. He's sharing his testimony of the great things that God has done. When you meet the family, share what great things God has done in your life. All right? Share those things. They need to know who you are, and they need to know who you are spiritually. Where do you come from, and what are you all about? Are you going to be a threat to us? Are you going to be supportive of my daughter, my son? You know, Find out and, and share your testimony with them so it gives them an opportunity to see who you are and what makes you tick and what's most important in your life. If God has done great things in your life, you need to share these. That's how we give glory to God. We share these things. All right. If God hasn't done great things in your life and you go, I don't have anything really to say, then why? Why is there not great things in your life? God hasn't done great things in your life. If he hasn't done great things in your life, then okay, red flag. God, maybe you don't have a big enough hold of me. Maybe I haven't released myself completely to you. All right. So it could be a little check for you. All right. If there isn't great things that God's done in your life, maybe you're holding back. Maybe you need to let God take a little bit more control of your life. Isaiah 63, 7, the first part of the verse says, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord. Share your testimony. Number 14. Number 14, verses 49, 50, and 51. This is the servant then. He's finished up what he had to say. All right, so he's saying these words. Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go, and let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. In this one here, I've got, regarding this one, express your, underline there, intentions. Express your intentions. Or maybe I should say it another way. If you're the guy, ask for her hand in marriage. All right, I get it. That's old. That's you know traditional, old-fashioned. But you know what? It's still appropriate. All right, so go to the family and express your intentions. I want to marry your daughter. May I have her hand in marriage? Will you give me her hand in marriage? All right? So share your testimony. And now this one, express your intentions. Genesis 29-18 is our sporting verse. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Number 15. Number 15 is verses 52 through 60. This is, again, a lot of material. But basically what we have here is the servant bringing out gifts, all right, and giving generously, giving lavishly to the family, all right? I'm going to summarize it by saying this. Demonstrate your commitment. This is where you give the ring, (laughs) okay? This is where the big expensive gifts come out, and hopefully the big expensive gift, the ring. What woman doesn't want a beautiful ring, all right? I am... I am embarrassed, even as I sit here. I didn't even put this in my notes. I didn't want to say it. I even intentionally didn't put it in my notes. But here I go. I'm actually saying it. I'm embarrassed at the ring I gave my wife. I was 19 years old when I got engaged. And I was 20 when I got married. And the ring I gave to my wife. My wife doesn't even know where I got it. She doesn't even know what I paid for it. But she knows it was cheap. (laughs) Right? I bought this ring at a place I should have never bought a ring. And I spent so little on it. But it was... For a 19-year-old, that was what I had, Yeah, you know? I wish I could have given lavishly, but I just didn't have the resources. So, guys, give to the max of your ability, <laughs> all right? And I don't think any girl's going to object. <laughs> What'd you say, Levin? We can always do upgrade. We can always do an upgrade, and I will say we've done that. Okay, good. So, yes, we've upgraded from that little tiny, tiny stuff. <laughs> is there a diamond in there somewhere? Where is that thing? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a real diamond, but it was really tiny. <laughs> All right, so this is where you demonstrate your commitment. So here you've got the mention the servant gives gifts, he gives jewelry, he ends up giving clothing. All right, so I would say also demonstrating your commitment might be for the guys. Make a reservation for a tux. All right, this is the appropriate time to do that. This is the step in the process where you want to demonstrate your commitment. All right. Another thing about demonstrating commitment is it's not just the servant demonstrating commitment by bringing out the gifts. It's Rebecca demonstrating commitment. Because you'll remember there was that discussion. And they say, well, you know what? Don't take her yet. You know, let her, let her hang around for a little while. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Last night it was okay for me to take her. Today was the day I was supposed to take her. And now you're saying hang out for a little bit? He goes, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. I need to be on my way. I got people waiting for me. And they're like, oh, let's ask her how she feels about it, right? And they present it to her. Do you want to go with this man right now or do you want to hang out for a little while? They're probably thinking she's going to say, hang out for a while. You know, I've got to get my loose ends tied up. And she, What does she say? She says, I'm prepared to go. She makes a commitment too. She makes a commitment. She's never even met the guy. And she's making a commitment. All right? So he made a commitment by demonstrating with the gifts. She makes a commitment because she's never met the guy. And she's willing to go. All right. So verse 61, verse 61 then says, Then Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. All right. So this begins their journey, right? And remember, we talked about this journey. It was a month-long journey. All right. Back then, to travel somewhere for a month on a camel, can you think of something worse? I mean, a month on a camel traveling through the desert. Oh, dear, I just made it worse. <laughs> they had to endure that trip, a long, hard Hot, dry, miserable journey. All right? This is like the engagement period. <laughs> All right? This is the engagement period. You know you're going to get married. There's that day in the future. But until then, oh, man, this is a long, hard, arduous, hot journey. Right? This is miserable. We were engaged for only nine months. It was miserable. I'm like, come on. Is this watch working? <laughs> Seriously? Oh, patiently endure the waiting. There's your blank to fill in. Patiently <laughs> endure the waiting. Hebrews 6.15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Patiently endure the waiting. All right, verse 62 is our next one. Number 17, verse 62. Now Isaac came from the way of Beir Lahai Roy, for he dwelt in the south. And you're probably thinking, what could I possibly draw out of this verse? To help me in, you know, finding uh, an appropriate mate. All right? I'm going to say this. Remember what Be'er Lahai Roy means? Be'er Lahai Roy, we studied, was God sees. All right? God sees. Remember, God sees your situation. God sees your situation. In that waiting time, in that engagement time, he sees your situation. And he sees whether you behave honorably or dishonorably. All right? He sees that. So remember, God sees your situation. Psalm 34, 15 is the supporting verse. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Oh, God, make this time speed up. <laughs> All right, moving on from there. Number 18, verse 63 for number 18. 63, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Verse 63, maintain prayer. He goes out into the field and he's meditating, or he's praying. Ooh, we're running out of time. Maintain prayer. All right. As the big day approaches, keep close to God, meditating, some solitude, some regular time with God, uh, morning, or as we have here, evening time with God. 
And then 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Okay, I'm going to move fast through these. I don't want anybody to be late to their work assignments, but here we go. Number 19, verses 64 and 65. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. Here I've got maintain modesty. Maintain modesty. All right, keep yourself covered up. <laughs> All right, I can tell you in that time of waiting, I didn't need any extra incentive to feel like I wanted that day closer. Be modest, all right? If my wife would have dressed immodestly, that would have just made it harder for me, all right? Because we weren't married yet. So just maintain your modesty, all right? <laughs> First Timothy 2.9, in like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with a propriety and moderation. Number 20, verse 66, and the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Allow others to proclaim God's goodness. Oh, you guys make such a good couple. You know what? Receive that. Praise God. Praise God. The verse there, Psalm 9, 1, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Next one, number 21, chapter 24, verse 67, the last verse of the chapter. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. This is actually going to serve, this last verse of this chapter is going to serve for the fill in the blanks for the last four. All right, so here we go, the first one. Get married and make your spouse the most important man or woman in the world from this verse she rebecca was able to console all right able to take the place of sarah sarah was the most important woman in the world but upon marriage that changes all right your spouse becomes the most important person in the world. so make your spouse the most important man or woman in the world next one have sex <laughs> that's your blank have sex all right it doesn't say that there though do you notice that it's between the lines. The phrases here, the word tent and the word became his wife, we're reading between the lines of sex. We don't have to advertise it, though. All right? So you read these verses. It's not advertising it. But you read between the lines and you do, you do your homework. You realize they had sex. And that's appropriate. All right? Consummate the marriage. All right? First Corinthians 7, verse 5, it says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. That's talking about sex. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. You can tell. All right, moving on. Next one, love one another. Chapter 24, verse 67, love one another. It says right there, and he took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her. Do you notice something though? This is, we've got 24 little hints here. This is number 23. This is the first mention of love in this whole chapter. There's no love mentioned earlier than this. All right? It, the love shows up here. In fact, this is the first time love is mentioned between a man and a woman between a husband and a wife. This is the first mention of love in the Bible between a man and a woman. The only other time that love is mentioned before this is when a father is called to give his one and only son whom he loves. Ooh, is there a picture there? Yes, there is. God the Father giving Jesus Christ, just as Abraham gave his son Isaac. All right. Here we have the first time love appears between a man and a woman. All right. So the importance of love. But here's the thing I want you to notice about this. It's after. It's not before. Hmm. Did you notice Rebecca made her commitment before there was love? She didn't even know the guy, and she made a commitment to him. All right? You can have a marriage succeed without love being there from the get-go. In fact, I can tell you this. In our society, we screw this up. We think, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love with you. You're in love with me. we got to do something about this. What are we going to do? Let's get married. If your marriage is based on love, what's going to happen? Your love's going to fade, and when your love fades, what are we going to do? You don't love me. I don't love you. Let's get a divorce. If love is the foundation for the relationship, that's a shaky foundation. It's like building your house on sand. 
It's not going to last. Love is the building materials that you use to build the house. The foundation is commitment. Commitment in the eyes of the Lord. That's your foundation. You go into marriage with a commitment. That's why you take vows. What are vows? It's I promises. They're commit. You're making a commitment. All right? And you're making a commitment. That's your foundation. That's your solid rock. And then the house is built with love. All right? So love doesn't have to be the reason you get married. doesn't have to be the reason that you get a divorce. doesn't have to be the reason the marriage stays together. If commitment is there, if commitment in the eyes of the Lord is there, your marriage can make it. All right? Even if you've never met the guy or never met the girl. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that. All right? No mail order bride, husband stuff. I'm not, I'm not actually you know, advocating that. All right? And then the last one, comfort one another. Last verse there, comfort one another. Comfort one another. Do you know that? He took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her so Isaac was comforted after his death. What is comfort? It's love and action. All right? I can love somebody and not be comforting to them. They can love me back, but if they don't say anything or don't ever do anything, let me put it this way. Be the comfort your spouse needs. If you're not the person your spouse gets comfort from, they will find somebody else. All right? So you need to be their comforter. And if you're not their comforter, they're going to go find comfort somewhere else. So you need to be that person to comfort them. All right, uh, one last thing, and we're going to close with this. Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. We all receive love differently. We all give love differently. If you haven't read this book, it's a classic. It's been around for a long time. Five Love Languages, different ways that we receive love. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time or physical touch. And what my expression of love might be might be different than what she receives. What she gives out as love, I might totally miss that she's loving on me because maybe my language is different. You find out about that. I'm sorry. I kept you guys. All right. Let's close the prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. <laughs>